Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 147 on Now You Know. Brought to you as always by our amazing Patreon patrons, who without, we could not do this show. We have exclusive t-shirts, signed posters, uh, mugs, coasters, hats, monthly live streams, uh, shout-outs, end credits, polls. We have a Discord, bonus stories, all for our patrons, all different perks. Um, you can go check them out at patreon.com. And sponsored by our friends at the Solar Powered Hotels in Schaumburg, Illinois, the Fairfield Inn and Suites by Marriott, and their sister hotel, the Town Place Suite Hotel, right next door. They're both connected to solar power and they both have EV charging. And sponsored by ecoware.us, where you're gonna find new designs every week on graphic t-shirts, onesies, pillows, you name it. It's there at ecoware.us and every purchase is carbon neutral and we plant a tree for every purchase. We got some new designs this week, although you've seen this one last week, but me in red, now mm -hmm. uh, this one in black. Yep. I like it in both colors. So let's get right into the show. Elon's got a new tweet, and that means that we've got something new coming to Tesla's. What is it? It is karaoke. Now, I heard him say something about this before. Yeah, the, a while ago, he uh, someone suggested uh, in-car karaoke. Um, since you have a screen right there and a sound system connected to the screen, which is usually like you need a karaoke machine for, for yeah. karaoke. Yeah, it's pretty um, complicated. But uh, Elon tweeted a fun little music tool coming later. He said, uh, tweak music and car karaoke now i don't think we should be calling it car karaoke i think that we should be calling it karaoke why did he tweet this like why is this a tweet why isn't this like a press release why isn't yeah. this like going out to some news stations or something like later today we're going to be talking about tesla who's going to have in-car karaoke jane that's that is just the loopiest thing I've ever heard. Would you call it karaoke? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, when you put it out as a tweet, most news outlets don't know what to do with that because they mm -hmm. don't know whether he's serious or not. We don't even know whether he's serious sure. or not. So if they had a CMO, like we've talked about, if they had a chief marketing officer, that person could start to let the news organizations in the world know what, hey, hey Elon, what do you mean? What's, it gonna, what's gonna be in this? Right, and instead of it being a tweet of four words and, and an ampersand, um, it could be a little bit more explanatory. It could be it could be showing like a uh, an alpha, an early alpha version of what they have. Having these short little tweets of like fun little music tool coming later. What fun little music tool? Like, are you changing the pitch of the song so I can finally sing uh, Ben Folds in like a, a timbre that my throat can actually sing in? Or like, what are we trying to? Right. Is it going to have like little drum machine on the screen? Right. And because, you know, at the end of every quarter, there's this big push, right? They give Tesla employees bonuses and they do this big, like, we need to get more cars out. Well, if you're trying to sell cars and you've got some new feature that might excite some people, uh, you know, hey, look, we can have karaoke while we're driving. Right. I mean, there's some people who spend a lot of money to do karaoke and they, they do it like all the time. And I, I know it's a very small portion of the population of the world. I get that. And there's probably a lot of other people who would do karaoke if it were convenient like, say, in their car, and they didn't have to pay a lot of money to go to a karaoke bar or something. Think how cool that would be. It's like, after work, you want to get stuck in traffic together and we'll do karaoke? <laughs> right. I mean, it's going to be so... I mean, and talk about advertising. Because right now, when I am 
in my car, in autopilot, driving in traffic. Again, no one is looking over at me and being like, oh, he's an autopilot. They don't know. They can't tell because I'm just sort of sitting there just like, I'm in traffic. I'm listening to music or the news or whatever I am listening to. But if I was like singing along and I was like, and I If that were in my car and it was on the screen or whatever, like, I think some people might notice. Oh, yeah. People would be driving by going, why are Tesla drivers always having such a good time? Right. I want to get a Tesla. Or uh, Guitar Hero. Wow. I know that that is probably when we have full self-driving, but how cool would that be? You have the drummer guy in the, the back. guy in the back drum set. <laughs> VP of Special I'm Operations. I'm telling you. Like, Come on. I'm just full of these ideas. <laughs> like, I, you just, we just uncorked the, the bottle of me thinking of, of ideas. All right, so we talk so much on this channel about how EVs will replace ICE cars, and you might be saying, yeah, Zach and Jesse, you've said it so many times with so many great arguments that we all agree with you. But Klaus Froelich, the director of development at BMW, does not agree with us. He has been telling crowds that BEVs will never compete with ICE cars. Yeah, so he did it just again at the next-gen conference in Munich, Germany last week when he said, the shift to electrification is overhyped. Battery electric vehicles cost more in terms of raw materials for batteries. This will continue and could eventually worsen as demand for these raw materials increases. Um, he also says, there are no customer requests for BEVs. None. There are regulator requests for BEVs, but no customer requests, which I have to just sit back and laugh at because that is the biggest load of crap I have ever heard. Maybe, maybe BMW doesn't get a lot of, uh, you of know, EV requests. You know why? Because when you go into a BMW dealership and you say, Do you, oh, could I look at your i3? They go, nope, nope, uh, we, it's not charged. It's right. not ready for you to look at. You don't want to look at that. Did you mean the M3? Right. So let, let's just talk about this for a second. BMW has these dealerships. And uh, Mr. Froelich does not work at those dealerships. He doesn't really talk to the guys at the dealerships unless there's some kind of like conference where the, the dealers are telling him what they want. Right. What the, what they, the, what the customers want. And let me tell you, you do not go to work at a BMW dealership to sell electric cars. You do, you, that's not the kind of person that works there. No. The kind of person that works at a BMW dealership, well, I'm just going to let you use your own imagination for that one. It's not the kind of person who's like, oh, oh, you want, you want a, an electric car? Okay, well, here is our i3. Let me show you all of the ins and outs of it and right. the plug-in charging and the range extension. And we're telling you this with firsthand knowledge. We right. have gone to BMW dealerships and we have gone through this process. It took forever to get my grandmother into one of their i3s because they were basically just like, oh, you don't want that. That drives like a golf cart. Right. Their words. Yeah. So he's not getting an accurate picture because that's where he's getting his information from, is from the dealers. Well, and again, the dealers do not want to sell EVs. And what's another reason why de dealers would not want to sell an EV to a customer? Um, Something about EVs never break? Yeah. There's very little service to do with an EV. So normally when a dealer sells you a car, you, you take it home, and then someday, a couple thousand miles later, something breaks. So, I mean, it could be that the exhaust is leaking. It could be that uh, your head gasket is blown. Uh, your transmission is starting to go. And, of course, anything that, any work they need to do, they need to remove the water pump, which adds an extra $500. And so you have to bring it back to the dealer. You could bring it to a local shop, and I would encourage you, for the most part, to do that. But lots of people will bring it back to the dealer. And the dealer... Um, if you've ever taken a car back to the dealer, you will have brought it in for like a, the headlight is, uh, you know, out 
or something. And uh, the dealer will call you up and go, okay, so it looks like uh, you need a new timing belt. Uh, a new head gasket. It looks like uh, there's something wrong with uh, the the boot on the rear left uh, wheel. That's going to need to be replaced. But also, um, we think that you're a little bit low on this fluid and that. What? So it's going to end up costing you probably around $1,300. Uh, does that sound good to you? I just brought it in for a headlight. It, it's like a meme at this point that that is what happens. They... The whole reason that dealerships actually make money is not from selling you the cars. It's right. from selling you service. Right. So by selling you an EV, you're es they're essentially saying, okay, we're not going to make any money off of this. So why on earth would they want to do that? And he's the director of development. He's the guy in charge of coming up with new ideas for cars. Right. He was at a, a place called the Next Gen Conference. And he's saying, none of this next gen stuff. Old gen, that's what you really want. Oh, you wanted the old gen conference next yeah, door. I, right. He, he went on to say, if we have a big offer, a big incentive, we could flood Europe and sell a million BEV cars, but Europeans won't buy these things. From what we see, BEVs are for China and California, and everywhere else is better off with PHEVs with good EV range. What an idiot. Okay, well, again, it's, it's sort of like, idiot or lying to you let's play let's play so first of all why is why is china and california the only place where bevs are going to work it's not like They're it's not like far away it's not like electricity is just coming out of the ground into these cars and that's why it would work for bevs it's just because those places have said we're doing BEVs, whether you like it or not. A lot of European countries are saying they're going BEVs by a certain date. So, like, what's he talking about? Right. And here's the thing. Froelich's plan is for BMW to keep making diesel engines for the next 20 years and gasoline engines for the next 30 years. So BMW also wants to stick with this PHEV heavy strategy to meet emissions regulations rather than prioritizing BEVs. And I want to ask, let's just think for a second, why would... They want to sell PHEVs. And we've seen this before. PHEVs sometimes fit into the category of a subsidy for, say, a business to buy. And what ends up happening is that the people just keep putting gas in it because you can just do that, right? You don't have to plug it in. And so people don't plug it in. They just keep putting gas in it. Right. And isn't that exactly what they want? Exactly. Isn't that exactly what big oil wants for you to just keep putting ga gas in your car? They want to make sure that there's a gas port somewhere on the car and that the gas goes away. Right. After a certain period of time. They don't care how it goes away necessarily. No, that's a really good point because, I mean, in an electric car, you've got a battery which can easily last 12 to 15 years plus. Mm -hmm. So in, even after it's done in the car, you can take it out and use it in battery storage for something like a house for another like 10 years. Um, and, where, and then you can recycle it and get... Right. All the raw materials All back. the materials back. But with gasoline engine, you're going to take this raw material for that, which is oil, gasoline, diesel, and you're going to burn it every single time. I just urge you to go to this Clean Technica article, which has a lot of great arguments against uh, Frederick here, mm -hmm. um, because what he's talking about, he's completely out of the loop. I don't see how you can be leading a major car company and be so clueless. Now, there could be an argument that would say, Jesse and Zach, wouldn't it be better to have a lot of PHEVs on the road with people plugging them in all the time and mostly using the plug-in range? Sure, sure, that could be a good argument, but I would argue that it would be better if companies like BMW, who have just so much resources, so so many people, so much money to be able to invest into battery electric, that they should do it because that's the way that we're going anyway. Like it would be smart just for BMW to do this. 
not in the short term, not in the you know next two years kind of thing, but in the long term, in the five, the 10, the 15 year range, gas cars are going to be illegal. Right. <laughs> so you may as well get ahead of the curve and you know gain that experience, that knowledge that Tesla already has, right? Tesla's already ahead in terms of battery electric vehicles and making them safe and awesome. In the new 2019.20.45 over the air software update, Tesla is pushing what they're calling the new Summon Standby. Summon Standby will keep the sensors, cameras, and computers powered to reduce the amount of time required to begin summon. So you can get to this in the autopilot settings under an enhanced summon. Now Tesla says additional battery power is consumed while summon standby is active. Summon standby mode works only when battery level is greater than 20%. So I'm a little confused here. Mm -hmm. There's so many features that people are asking for in the car. I don't remember that anyone was asking for this feature. Why, why is Tesla coming out with this summon standby feature not many of us have uh enhanced summon yet where the car will actually drive up to you in a parking lot um and i think that they were probably doing some development testing and so a guy had his app and they had a laptop somewhere you know monitoring everything and they had a car out in the in a test parking lot or something and elon came out and was like all right guys how's it how's it going and they're going oh it's going real good elon do you want to try it so they you know they had the phone and they handed it over to Elon and Elon took it and was like, oh, guys, this took too long. And they're like, OK, well, Elon, if we wanted to make it faster, we would have to have it be in like some kind of standby mode. And he was probably like, absolutely do it. So here's my my conjecture here is that it's going to take maybe 30 seconds to 45 seconds to to get the car booted up and do whatever. You know, maybe it's 20 seconds. I, I'm not giving you an absolute number here. And if you're sort of standing there in the parking lot with your phone out, waiting. You might as well have just walked to the car. Or if you're showing your friends, it's not going to look as impressive, right? Because it's way cooler to pull out your phone and for something to instantly happen than it is for you to pull out your phone and be like, hang on a second. Hang on. And then I have to go to the, <laughs> hang on. W what were you gonna show me, Larry? No, I, it's gonna do it, just give me w a second. What does your car do? Do you want to just walk through the car? All right, okay, 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 I'm, I'm ready now. And then maybe it'll start summoning. That, to me, seems like yeah. it would sell itself much better. Because, I mean, it's going to be a very cool feature. So if you knew that you were going to need, uh, you know, it to be on summon standby, you've gone to the movie theater. Right before you leave the car, you just head to the settings, turn on standby mode. That way, when you come out of the theater... If you were a little bit ahead, and as you're kind of walking, pushing the doors open, you're pulling out your phone, getting it ready, then the car could be coming to you before you're even there. Way cool. Having it work really well, I think, is going to be the make or break between whether it's like a, oh, that's just a gimmick, or damn, that's really cool. Remember how Elon said during the Roadster reveal that the new next-gen Roadster would have zero to 60 miles per hour mm -hmm. in 1.9 seconds. And... I sat in that car and went zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds, so I know it happened. Well, now uh, he tweeted this out. Clean Technica had an article, and they said um, in the article that it could go zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds, but then Elon tweeted 2.1 seconds, zero to 60 miles per hour is base model before adding rocket thruster option. And a bunch of people asked questions afterward to make sure that he hadn't made a mistake. Um, he didn't respond after that, so I'm assuming he didn't want to correct any mistake there so that's the big question we want to ask you is this a roadster downgrade basically elon saying that yes you can get the 1.9 seconds if you get the spacex cold air thruster option package when we i think all thought that it was coming with either the base model 
or and then that's where I'm not clear. I'm gonna have to go back and review the footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were at the event, was it the base model or was it the Founders Edition that would have that? It could make sense if it were the Founder Series, because then I guess then the Founder Series would come with the rocket package, which is sweet. But I mean, I drove in a car that didn't have a rocket package, and it went that fast. I know, but did you did you have some kind of calibrated? Uh, you know, I had device. Two, I had two cameras on me. They both flew almost out of my hand. Uh, but I know, but like, but many people that night were filming. I saw them filming the zero to sixty. They had time code on there, so like, yes, it was it was one point nine. In fact, when I talked to the driver that night, he said it actually goes faster. The, the I think the the point here is that it is very difficult to tell when you're going at that level of acceleration. A difference between you can't be like, hmm, is that like a <laughs> two point one? You're not gonna be like. Mm. Ooh, that was more. I felt like that was 1.9. Like well, it's it's just like you don't have time to really be like, hmm, what is this acceleration level I'm feeling? Could be. I I think as you get used to it, you can begin to tell <laughs> as the as the blood vessels in your brain <laughs> begin to strengthen. Well, I mean, uh, I just got Insane Plus in mm-hmm. Sparky, and I can tell the difference now between you know 3.3 and 3.2. So, uh, you know. I, th- I think I'm a connoisseur of that. I, I'm just saying if we did a if we did a blindfold test, we'd okay. be able to tell the difference. Oh, I'd love to do that. Let's get a roadster and try it. So Neo, the Chinese electric car company, announced a recall for almost 5,000 ES8 electric SUVs last week, which is a quarter of the fleet sold so far. And this is due to the risk of overheating and spontaneous combustion of battery packs in the vehicles. These ES8s were built between April 2nd and October 19th of 2018. The affected vehicles have an issue with defective modules. The batteries will be replaced for free. Now, Neo has had some setbacks this year. Um, scrapping their previously announced Shanghai factory earlier this year after reporting net losses of $1.4 billion in 2018. Neo also closed its U.S. offices in May. But some good news, Neo started deliveries of the smaller ES6 a couple weeks ago. So on July 1st, which if you're watching uh, when this comes out is today, all new electric and hybrid cars will legally be equipped with an external sound generator in Europe. The new EU-mandated system is called an Acoustic Vehicle Alert System, or AVIS, or AVAS. I like AVAS. The AVAS systems need to work at speeds of up to 13 miles per hour, and the volume must be at least 56 decibels and must not exceed 75 decibels. It must be a continuous sound and also be able to convey further messages to pedestrians and cyclists. For example, it must be able to vary in pitch and volume when a car is accelerating and the reverse when it is de-accelerating. So... Here's my question. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, if we've all decided that quiet cars uh, are a danger in parking lots, then if we've got the data to show that that's a problem, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. We should solve the problem. And I would argue that ICE cars are also, a lot of the new ones especially, are very quiet, especially at those low speeds. And uh, so I would argue they also need an Avast system. Right. I mean, there are certainly some cars which you can hear from quite a ways away, even when they're just idling and or whatever. But there are many, many, most, most cars, you know, most cars are not muscle cars or whatever, and they don't have fancy exhaust systems. And basically their exhaust systems are tuned to be as quiet as possible because quiet is what you want and you can't hear them. Right. You can't hear them in a parking lot. It's very difficult to hear them. And so, why is this Avast system, Avast system, going on EVs and hybrids, which I understand are silent, when there are other cars which are, I would say, just as silent that don't need it? Right. And where is the data? 
Like, what studies have they been grabbing from to prove that silent cars kill people all the time? This is a super dangerous thing. We need to add sound to these cars because otherwise, tons of people are going to die. Right, because up to 13 miles an hour, I mean, you're going so slowly, you're mainly going to just bump people. Um, You're just going to be like, boom, out of the way. Right. I I mean... I can see the case where someone is crawling on the ground. Maybe they're looking for their glasses or their keys or something. And they get run over by the car. Like, that's bad. I could see how that's the case. But that has got to be exceedingly rare. I mean, also, there's noise pollution to consider, like, as its own thing. For those of you in Europe um, who may be purchasing an electric car, there's going to be a speaker making this noise. And um, you can just snip, snip. Uh, I'm sure we can find people who are going to, you know, and, and hey, if you get a car that has this and it's annoying the heck out of you, which I would imagine it, it would, film yourself removing it. Or, and, uh, we'll <laughs> or hook up a little Arduino Raspberry Pi there with mm-hmm. a with your own sound that's like, sure. uh, buy an electric, buy an electric, buy an electric, buy an electric, <laughs> buy an electric, buy an electric. Sure. And, and one last final point, up to 13 miles an hour is wrong. Up to 18 miles an hour 18 is where you start to hear the tire noise, at least on my car. Right. My cars, actually. The, the Leaf and the Model 3, both are pretty much dead silent up until 18 miles an hour. So you're willing to tell me that uh, up to 13 miles an hour, it goes whoop, and then it stops. It's still going to be silent, except now it's going faster. Right. So, again, that this is where I don't think any study, any science was done at all. It was clearly just like... No, uh, and, was, and you know what it was? It was a bunch of politicians in a room. You're absolutely right. And who do you think was pushing for this? Hmm. It was, hmm, who would be lobbying for this the most? Now, if disabilities lobbyists were pushing for it because uh, people with visual impairment would have trouble hearing the cars coming, I understand that, right? But I would want Avast systems to be on all cars. Yes. So that way you have a consistent sound. That way right. you're not like, oh, well, I can definitely hear that electric car coming. But is that a quiet you know, Honda Civic approaching me. Right. Exactly. You know, be consistent. It's clearly just another attack on electric cars, making them less appealing by having a dorky sound the whole time. So that way, when you do go to the dealership and they're driving them around, it goes, and you're just like, this sucks. And so I just am so viscerally opposed to this completely ridiculous legislation. So Model 3 owner Adwa on Reddit said he was going eastbound on Route 50 in Maryland when a Dodge Durango passed him on the right at high speed. The Durango then tried to squeeze in between two cars in front of Adwa, but the Durango crashed into both and even another Model 3. Now the Durango driver told the police he was swerving to avoid a speeding car behind him. That's when Adwa pulled out his Tesla cam footage, which clearly showed the Durango at fault. So yeah, as you can see here, that was not the case. Um, and it's really great that Teslas are all equipped with this now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we can catch these morons when they're on the road. I wanted to give a big shout out to Andrew Till, Mr. EV and his YouTube channel, where in his latest video, he does some investigative journalism and finds out how available electric cars are in the UK. So it turns out that many new ones are hard to get. So a 40 kilowatt hour Nissan Leaf has a lead time of about one week, which is excellent. Cool, but what if I want the 60 kilowatt hour? Uh, that's going to take you 20 weeks. How about the uh, Hyundai Kona? Uh, no, you can't get that. Well, they also make the Ionic. Sure, that'll take you 10 to 12 weeks. Okay. Uh, Kia Soul? No. 
Uh, well, they make the Nero, E-Nero. Yep, that'll take you uh, somewhere between 48 to 56. Days? Weeks. That's oh, that's a year. All right. Uh, Audi e-tron. Uh, 16 weeks. All right, all right. Uh, Jaguar I-Pace. 16 weeks. Uh, what's the most popular? Oh, Renault Zoe. Yeah, uh, three to six weeks. Oh, that's not bad. Um, but how about the new ones? Uh, the, with the bigger battery pack? Yeah. Uh, 48 to 64 weeks. A, a year? Uh, or more. All right. Uh, VW e-Golf. Uh, 12 weeks. How about the e-up? No. Uh, BMW i3. 10 to 12 weeks. Uh, the Smart 4.2 and the Smart 4.4. Uh, six to eight weeks. How about a Tesla? Uh, so the Model 3, Model S, or Model X would take somewhere between one to four weeks. Wait, one to four weeks, so I could have it this month? Yes. It, it just shows you the difference in availability um, between all of these cars that everyone claims are competition. Oh, the competition's coming for Tesla. <laughs> competition is coming in 48 weeks. It's just like, What? How could anything possibly take you that long? Because they don't want to make them. If they were Fabergé eggs, <laughs> I could understand. If it was a castle, I could understand. You can get the Tesla Fabergé egg in four it's weeks. It's true. It's true. It's insane. Uh, I don't know if I want to do the story, Jesse. Mm, next. No, 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 no. Let's talk about this. So this is the BMW. They just unveiled uh, the Vision M next at the next gen event in Munich last week. I mean, but look at that. It's gotta be, I mean, it's gotta be all electric. It's gotta have some awesome stats on it, right? Well, first of all, it's a concept car. Sure. But secondly, it's just a hybrid, just like the i8 is. It's uh, got a bigger range than the i8 does. Um, it goes 100 kilometers or 62 miles fully electric, but then the gas engine kicks in. 62 miles of electric range. Yeah. You're better off buying an i3. Exactly. What? Why? Why make a car that looks like this that's a hybrid? I know. Now, I, and, or if you're going to make it a hybrid, make it like the Ferrari, like the for, like La Ferrari, which is like, ha, is, is a hybrid, but is like just a super powered, basically F1 car on, like, it's just like a car on steroids. That's why I'm calling it the, mm, next. Yeah, I can see why. So we had some cool SpaceX news this week on June 24th from the Kennedy Space Center. The Falcon Heavy launched again, and this was their first Department of Defense launch. So they had some secret satellites Ooh, on secret there. secret satellites. Uh, yeah, so they had 24 satellites, in mm -hmm. fact, from all different companies. And this is their longest mission so far. It was a six-hour mission, meaning they got up there and had to launch, uh, I think, 22 different launches of the 24 mm -hmm. satellites. And then they attempted three relandings. How did that go? Um, so the two side boosters came back and landed successfully on their launch pads simultaneously, of nice. course. At um, night. At night. Um, now, the this was the most difficult Falcon Heavy launch that they've ever done. So usually, you you know, launch, the two side boosters detach and, and come back and land. And that main center core takes it up quite a ways. Um, and then it also detaches from the next stage and it comes back and lands. This one went really, re like they were pushing it. It went very, very far, which means that its entry speeds were going to be a lot higher. Oh. So what happened was during re-entry, um, it got really, really hot. And basically, uh, something in it failed. It was coming down to land 
on the drone ship. And then one of its uh, subroutines kicked in because it knew that it wasn't going to make it safely. Oh, and it didn't want to take out the it drone. It flew away from the, the drone ship because, oh. you know, if you're going to lose a rocket, you may as well not, not lose, lose your, your expensive drone ship gotcha. as well. SpaceX launches happen all the time, and we rarely cover them on this channel, mostly because, frankly, they're, like, common at this point. Um, but if you haven't seen um, a launch happen live... I highly recommend you do it because it's a really fun experience. You get not only the launch, but you also get, you know, the boost back burn. You get all the, the cool and the, commentary. And the landing. Mm -hmm. um, it's really great to watch with kids and stuff. It's really exciting. I encourage you to do it and just sort of like, you know, subscribe to SpaceX's uh, YouTube channel and, and see when their live streams are. So before we head over to the lightning round, just wanted to plug our little uh, Now You Know uh, Model 3, Model S, and Model X car coasters. Mm -hmm. These go in the little uh, cup holders. These go in the little cup holders spots. Yeah. And uh, we're for the first 100 sets, we are signing the back of them. We're almost out of the first 100 sets. And this yeah. is a limited edition run, so we won't be doing this much longer. Mm -hmm. But head over to the Amazon link down below if you'd like to get your set. All right, it's time for the lightning round. So Clean Technica's writer, Vijay Govindan, has written a great article called Our New Tesla Myths Page, where many from the Tesla community have contributed myth-busting answers to common Tesla myths, like, Is Tesla going bankrupt? And, Can you wash a Tesla? Or will it electrocute you? And, I mean, these are actually questions that people have. Yeah. So head on over there because we get a lot of emails from people saying, I need a place where I can send my relatives or my friends who have all these kind of dumb questions about Teslas where I can get these answered. And right. this is a great starting place for that. And you can also see, uh, we've been mentioned in there about our butts and seats campaign. In 2017, Tesla released a Sketchpad feature in an Easter egg over the air release. And now it has improved the Sketchpad saying, Sketchpad has been improved to make it easier to create your next masterpiece. The color picker now supports color saturation. And in case you make a mistake, you can undo multiple changes. To access Sketchpad, tap on the application launcher, Toy box, Sketchpad. Elon said they will introduce a way to import-export the images from your phone. Did they need to do this? No. Sure. They didn't need to. Like, does your car need to have a Sketchpad? No. I thought every car had Is to. it fun to Isn't have a Sketchpad in your car? It is fun. Eviation, which is an Israeli company, uh, showed off this. Alice. Cool. Looks like a plane. It is a plane, Jesse. Oh. But it's an electric plane. And not only that, uh -huh. it's got some pretty cool specs. Check this out. It can go 650 miles on a single charge. That's 1,046 kilometers while carrying nine passengers and going 276 miles per hour, 444 kilometers an hour. I mean, this is a legit electric plane. So, I mean, you're not going to fly across the ocean in this. Well, you could do short hops. Like, for instance, Cape Air has just uh, bought double-digit number of these. And uh, Why does that sound familiar? Cape Air. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, they're right here in Massachusetts. They fly down to like the Cape and Islands. Like we could fly to Nantucket in an electric plane. Oh, that's cool. We got to oh, do that. Oh, we got to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to get their certification probably in 2021 and they mm -hmm. say first flights should begin in 2022. Oh, I can't wait that long. New York State has passed an ambitious climate law. The law would have carbon-free electricity in New York State by 2040 and a net zero carbon economy by 2050. New York State is the third largest economy in the U.S., the fourth most populous state. So this Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, CLCPA, has some pretty cool things in the law. For instance, mm -hmm. if you wanted to offset uh, something that you were doing that was creating carbon, you'd have to buy those offsets from companies that are doing it within 25 miles of you. Hmm. 
So you can't just like buy an offset from, you know, Canada or China. Interesting. You have to buy them from local, which I thought was cool. And this makes sure that the benefits stay within local communities, stay within actually, you know, New York State. Exactly. Biofuels and waste to energy projects are prohibited. And there's all sorts of cool programs that are going to be scaled up, like the $1 billion New York Sun program to scale up solar power. Um, Charge New York, Evolve New York, uh, the Drive Clean rebate to expand electric vehicles, that whole infrastructure statewide would get increased. Um, and the state's initiative to deploy 3,000 megawatts of battery storage by the year 2030 would also be in this law. Wow. So, so there's a lot of really, I would say, smart incentives in here. I like their um, removal of the inclusion of biofuels. Mm-hmm. So right. I think it's really smart that they have like... They're going for the better options. Yeah, they're narrowing it down right to the climate change aspects of these things. And I think that that's really smart. So there's also a U.S. bill introduced by five senators for the federal government, which proposes at least 50% electricity from renewables by 2035 and 100% by 2050. And to give you some context, currently the U.S. is at about 17.6% renewable energy to make our electricity. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is called the Renewable Electricity Standard Act of 2019. Now, five U.S. senators have supported it. It's highly unlikely that it's going to pass because obviously it's a Republican-controlled Senate. But hey, you should contact your senator and let them know how you feel about it. And we'll put the link down below um, so you can actually get in contact with your senator. So Jesse, you've heard of Chris Harris, right? He's from uh, the TV show Top Gear. No, I've never heard of him. I mean, maybe I've seen him, but like not good with names. So, Well, anyway, he's uh, dipping his toe into Lessie. The hell's Lessie? Oh, it's uh, the British term for electricity, like electric car. Like if you say, hey, I like that lesser you got there. That means electric car. Okay. I, I can't believe for the people who made the English language that they would just destroy it like that. Like, <laughs> oh, we don't use use in America. That somehow makes us bad. But you're going to say less? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, he tweeted out, so I think I'll be buying a Tesla Model 3 quite soon. Thought it was so impressive. Nothing like as enjoyable as an M3. And by M3, he means BMW M3. Uh, But as my first toe dip into the lessee world, it should work until they figure out how to make EVs more fun and desirable. Wait, what? Did he just do a backhanded uh, compliment? So either he was saying that all other electric cars are not as fun and desirable as a Model 3. Fair. That would be fair. I don't think that's I don't what think that's what he was saying though. I think that he was saying that all electric cars, whether they're a Model Three or not, are not as fun and desirable as a BMW M3, which uh, Top Gear just said was not as fun as the Model Three performance. Right. Weird. Super. Super weird. Is this because Top Gear is primarily supported by a big auto and they can't really say what they want to say? Chris, are you trying to, tell, trying us to tell us something? I mean, he's tell buying us. the car, right? Yeah. He's getting one. He thinks he'll be buying one quite soon. Maybe, I don't know. Remember that Model S fire in Shanghai in April? Um, we saw some kind of grainy footage of in a parking garage. It looked like it just spontaneously combusted. Mm. And the Chinese government wanted to know what was going on. So we now have an update from Tesla about the cause. So what do you think? I don't read that. Oh, you want to translate it? Translated. Yes, please. Oh, okay, so Tesla issued this statement on Weibo saying that they conducted a joint investigation with Chinese and American experts who didn't find that the system has any defects. So Tesla said the preliminary findings show that the source of the fire as a single battery module at the front of the vehicle. Now, here's a picture of the battery pack teardown. What looked like, you know, a 
probably like engulfed the entire car. Turns out it was just one module. It didn't even affect the rest of the battery pack. Wow. Talk about a great design that mm. keeps the fire in one localized spot. That That is amazing. And we don't know what caused that actual, you know, battery malfunction. It could have been that the owner of that car had hit something. Right. We just don't know. And in fact, having it be the front of the battery module makes it seem pretty likely that, you know, you came down from a bump and something was sticking up out of the road. Exactly. Um, and got through that titanium armor plating that they have on the bottom of the of right. the cars good to know that it was only one battery module and good to know that they investigated yeah so get this jesse mm-hmm. scotland got about three quarters of its electricity from renewables in 2018 wow and in the first three months of 2019 scotland generated 88 percent of its electricity from renewables that's fantastic. VW started its WeShare car sharing service in Berlin last week with 1,500 e-golfs. VW will be adding 500 e-ups at the beginning of 2020 and then the ID3 electric hatchbacks later in 2020. They will operate in about 150 square kilometers of Berlin's city center um, out to an area beyond the city's train lines, slowly expanding as they add more cars. WeShare will come to Prague and Hamburg in 2020. There are currently 2.5 million car sharing users in Germany. So this is a funny story. Republican State Senator Chris Kapenga from Wisconsin has been trying for the past two years to get legislation passed that would allow Tesla to sell cars in his state. No luck, though. Uh, The Senate has never passed his legislation. But last week, the Republican-controlled Senate was trying to pass an $81 billion spending plan, and they couldn't get enough votes. So... They needed Kapenga's vote, and they added Kapenga's Tesla dealership language into their budget and said, come on, will you now vote for it? And he decided to support it. So it passed with a vote of 17 to 16. So now all we need is the Democratic governor, Tony Evers, to just sign the bill. And then Wisconsin residents will then be able to buy Teslas in Wisconsin. Also, Tesla will be able to build service centers there. Now, what's interesting about this is that Kapenga has been buying and repairing salvaged Teslas as a hobby since 2017. He says, I purchased a handful of Teslas to get parts I need, and I'm selling parts I don't need, he said. It is just what I love to do in my spare time. All right, it's time for video contributor stories. What do we have this week? We have Scott at Maker Fair in the Bay Area. Hi, we recently attended Maker Fair Bay Area under some stormy conditions. At the fair, we saw all sorts of autonomous vehicles, including robots and drones. Here's a 3D printed Mars rover. I spent quite a bit of time talking to the NASA people. These robots are meant to go in space to help and assist astronauts with the daily tasks. I spoke to the gentleman in the sweater and he showed me all about this robot that has actually been to the ISS. While we were there, we saw wind power and electric trains and all manner of electric vehicles, including some meant to compete with Tesla. For example, the steam-powered bicycle. Also. What could be more convenient for shopping than a, you know, shopping cart with an engine? The next generation seemed quite satisfied with this display by ChargePoint and for us couch potatoes. Look at the battery technology. Look at the, the, the fine lines of this craft. Now, I must admit, I have no idea what this vehicle is for or what fuel this guy is using. While I was there, I saw... LiDAR, like this one that could fit in my Tesla. And speaking of Tesla, Elon has been a big fan of Hyperloop. One of the great things about Maker Fair is there are sometimes people there just presenting their work. They don't have a brand, they don't have anything to sell. And I met these uh, two young ladies from NYU, 
and so here's an interview where they talk about their work on Hyperloop. Hi, I'm here at Maker Fair, and this is uh, Brianna and Alejandro, and they're working on the Hyperloop project for NYU. Hi. Uh, can this you? Here is the, this year we did compete against 600 teams, and we were able to get top 50 with our design. So All right. next year we're hoping to iterate and improve upon our design, and hopefully get further on into the competition. Yeah. So you can see like our current design worked with magnetic levitation skis. It's powered by our Arduino. Um, it starts with accelerating against the I-beam, and then once it creates the magnetic currents, it's able to levitate by itself. And you guys are working on the levitation. Yes, we're both on the levitation team. So we have a bunch of sub-teams and teams, and um, we all work together. So we get data from the structures team to put into our location teams, and we submit our data to uh, suspension so they know how to design. Or, so basically, we all work together with a really cool collaborative team. We're all very close. We have a lot of meetings. So last season you guys did pretty well, right? You yeah. came in, uh, where'd you come in? Top 50, top, well, top 5%, top 5%. And so what are you going to do to ensure you uh, uh, make it in the top 20 next season? So we learned a lot about, we learned a lot from last year, so now we know to iterate, make a couple of changes. There's a lot of things that we want to fix, a lot of things that we want to keep researching to make sure that this is exactly what we want to do. We'll spend the summer testing. We want to try to create like our own I-beam in New York, if that's like possible and like how we can like work on like levitating and like really like focusing on like changing our design throughout the summer as Great. Well good luck to both of you and thank you so much. That is so awesome. It's great to see young engineers tackling important challenges. Yeah. And uh, I mean they got to number fifty, right? And next who knows what's gonna happen next year. I know. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. If you'd like to become a Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash channel. You can pay as little as a buck a month and get to see all of our Patreon bonus stories. We're going to do a bunch today, and we've got a lot of great perks there as well. So go check it out. We'll see you in a minute. All right, it's time for our Patreon shout-outs. Who do we have this week, Jesse? We have Timu Sinsalo. Mike A.U. Jim Curtis, Jonathan K, Anthony Young, David Van Aulen, Andrew Barker, and Mike Carroll. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thanks. You guys rock. All right. It's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. We've got this one from uh, Ukraine. They say, Elon, we need superchargers in Ukraine. And he said, okay. <laughs> um, and then just a follow-up, uh, Eastern Europe in general would be awesome maybe in 2020. And he said, Probably sooner. Man of little words, yeah. but gets the <laughs> job done. So Ukraine, you're getting your superchargers. Um, and then uh, Elon had this uh, cool back. It started talking about Noam Chomsky and ended up here. He said, yeah, that sounds ideal. I love the KSC rocket garden. What is KSC? It's the Kennedy Space Center rocket garden. And those, those are all the cool rockets that are there at the Kennedy Space Center. And uh, spent many days there looking at rocket design details. And then Theron H. Protz, who is the uh, COO of the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex, said, Hint, we think a Falcon 9 and or a Falcon Heavy booster would look great in the rocket garden. We have the space available and the capability to make it happen. Yeah, they do have a lot of space available. Yeah. When we went to visit, I mean, there's a lot of space. They could put a lot of rockets in there. I hope there's some cool spaceships in the future. Anyway, Elon said. Sure, that would be an honor. Awesome. Yes. I mean, let's make that happen. 
All right, it's time for community mail time. Um, Nicholas at Mises 3D Studio in Belgium created this really cool 3D render. Check this out. So him and his team created uh, this 3D rendering so that they could hopefully get into the Fremont factory for a tour. They sent it off to the Tesla marketing people. And uh, well, it didn't get them in for a tour, but he is getting delivery of his Model 3 on Friday. And this again is why I'm a little bit peeved at uh, Tesla sometimes. I'm like, this guy did this awesome 3d rendering and he's mm -hmm. like i can help you make stuff like this and they were instead of being like oh my god this is great <laughs> you're <Thank> hired you. <laughs> they were like okay well right nothing back from us right but awesome job nicholas and then our friend salvador in mexico just picked up his model 3 only the 28th model 3 in all of mexico he's been waiting three and a half years so congratulations, Salvador. He was just in time for the Tesla Service Center in Guadalajara to open last month. Now, he also made a supercharger review for us mm -hmm. that never got up live on our site, mm -hmm. but we I think we've worked through all the snafus. I hope we got that fixed. Anyway, we'll be including you in the supercharger review section. All right, our on-air question. And I just want to mention, we got a lot of great questions mm -hmm. this week. This is from fastzombie.io. He said, hi guys, I was wondering if you could dig into how many lives Tesla Elon has already saved by making the safest cars and increasingly smarter software. Maybe even make a counter of lives saved in Teslas. Fun fact to share with Elon. I think this is a fantastic idea. Yes. We do not have the bandwidth um, or the no, smarts to figure this out. But well, we might have the smarts. But you know, basically, there's some calculations. I think one would be um, the cars are the safest in the world. So you could take to statistics of if people hadn't been driving Teslas, but had been driving the average other cars, mm -hmm. how many deaths there would have been. Yep. So somebody out there, do that math and figure that out. And I would also, if you're you know going to be doing that anyway, also include the number of lives saved from air pollution because these cars emit no pollution. Yeah. Um, so between those two, I think that you'd end up with a pretty impressive number. Um, and it would be a ticker, right? Because as time progresses, uh, more and more people would be saved. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's anyone out there with the smarts to figure that out and maybe to create some code that would just be like an HTML uh, ticker that we could put on our website, mm -hmm. I would actually love to do that. Yeah. So, uh, smart people out there, comment below or email me at Zach at nowyouknowchannel.com and let's make that happen. So, thank you, Fast Zombie, for the question. All right, it's time for our results of the Patreon poll from last week. And last week we asked, do you forgive Volkswagen? So, 240 people said, uh, absolutely not. VW can sh 17 people said, sure, why not? And 114 people said, if they make a good electric car, I might buy it. It's time for good news, bad news. Um, good news is, last year, LA Mayor Eric Garcetti announced the launch of the Climate Mayor's Electric Vehicle Purchasing Collaborative. Um, and 19 cities and two counties joined in, and they pledged to buy 376 EVs. That's great. Great. Um, now, 127 cities and 38 states have joined in. They met in the Climate Mayor's Summit in Honolulu last week, and they committed to buying 2,100 EVs by the end of next year. But the real good news here is that this collaborative has sent in requests for information for 114,000 EVs since 2017. So there's a lot of cities like interested, right? Mm -hmm. And they're also placing a competitive bid on electric school buses by the end of the year. So they're going to set up this program which will enable all electric school bus manufacturers to offer any public school system in the country access to equal competitive prices. How cool would this be if a school system could, when they're getting bids for school buses that they have to buy anyway, see how much it would cost to get electrics do a little math and go oh but we also save on the diesel and we save on not polluting our fresh young minds that we're supposed to be making smarter instead of you know polluting and making them dumber just right. objectively 
the bad news. Remember last week when we reported that Republicans in the Oregon State Senate fled the state so that they wouldn't have to vote on a climate-focused cap-and-trade bill? Why is this in the bad news section? Well, they still kept away last week, even when the state police began uh, trying to look for them. On June 22nd, the Oregon Capitol was actually shut down on credible militia threats, and the Democrats who hold a supermajority in the Senate, they have enough votes to vote for this bill, they basically caved and said they didn't have the votes. Wait, okay, wait a minute. A militia threat? What is the 1700s? What's what's the militia about? Well, so Oregon is this weird state, right? It's got very liberal cities like Portland, mm -hmm. and then it's got very conservative rural areas where a lot of the um, economy is based on lumber, right? And so in logging. So um, if you do a cap and trade law, that's going to affect logging, which will affect jobs. And so uh, those those Republican senators, many of them fled to basically these groups that said they'd protect them out in the woods. And so now there's like this little mini war going on in okay, the state. But Democrats had the supermajority in the Senate, so they could have just simply voted. It, you know, I mean, some of those Democrats have reported being threatened. And I think they put their safety above this legislation. So that's not democracy. No. Can we... Um, <laughs> wait on a second. This is the United States, and we're basically having... I mean, I would consider this like common to happen in like a third world country that a militia group that lives out in the woods can basically threaten the government to to happen to their whims like this sounds like something from narcos yeah that's why i put in the bad news section this is pretty bad news all right let's get some good news here let's check out some supercharger reviews so remember that if you would like to go review a supercharger or a destination charger head on over there with your phone shoot a review you can go over to our supercharger page on our website and then we will cull through them and pull them out for the news hi zach and jesse I'm Björn from Germany. I'm here at the supercharger Mogendorf. It's located at the A3 um, and um, it's a 12 stall supercharger and um, as you can see there's a McDonald's uh, right over there. Behind the gas station is a KFC. There's a nice little restaurant. And right behind me, behind the trees, uh, there's a Burger King too. I would give it an 8 out of 10. Bye, good work. Hello, Zach and Jesse. It's John here from Toronto at the brand spanking new 20 station supercharger at uh, Fairview Mall, which is just north and west of the mighty 401 east-west road and the 404 north-south road as you can see behind me all kinds of Tesla's charging even some ice cars in the middle because this is a huge area and for some reason these people do get in here there they are although they're not blocking any chargers so behind me is uh, Fairview mall huge mall with all kinds of amenities and stores and luxury shops and all that so, in terms of location and amenities, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10 because it's century located in Toronto. And uh, given that we now have uh, some 6,000 plus uh, Teslas in the greater Toronto area, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10 and it was sorely needed. That's it for me. Hey, Jack and Jesse. I'm here at the Compostela Supercharger located uh, in, in Compostela. 
uh, midpoint between Guadalajara and Puerto Vallarta. Uh, it's right next, next to a gas station, it's a small convenience store, and it's right off the main um, highway to Puerto Vallarta. Um, it's great for stalls. Um, you see no Teslas. I'll be using it when I get my Model 3 in February. Um, I'd rate it uh, six stars just because, um, well, there's there's not a lot, lot of stuff to do, but it does allow people from Guadalajara to get a small range Tesla and make it all the way to Puerto Vallarta, which is a very popular uh, beach destination. Um, so this is the first uh, supercharger of many and that are planned uh, so you can drive all the way from Guadalajara to uh, Arizona. Um, bye Jack and Jesse. And there was our friend Salvador from Mexico uh, with his supercharger review. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much to everyone who does supercharger reviews every week. I love them. All right, we got new superchargers going online, Jesse. What's gone online this week? We have number 22 in Hong Kong. There's 22 in Hong Kong? Oh my God. The 12 stall at the FT Life Tower in Hong Kong. Number 13 in Taiwan is the 8 stall in Taimu, Taiwan. The 20 stall in Stathele, Norway. Number 21 in Japan is the 8 stall in Tokushima, Japan. Number 21 in South Korea is the 6 stall at Hamyang in South Korea. Number 670 in the USA is the 8 stall 150 kilowatt in Laytonville, California. Number 461 in Europe, number 1579 in the world is the 20 stall at Norrköping, Sweden. All right, it's time for our Patreon giveaway. We're going to be giving away an EcoWare t-shirt to one lucky winner. Remember that EcoWare is uh, supporting this show, so every time you buy a t-shirt or a pillow or something cool there, you support the environment by sending a cool message. You also uh, get a carbon-neutral product, and we plant a tree for everything you buy. All right. The winner this week... Is Ashen Hugo. Ashen Hugo. Congratulations. You got yourself a EcoWare t-shirt. Congratulations. Take a deep breath. <sighs> You've done it. You've made it to the end of the show. We're so glad that you joined us this week. It uh, takes a lot of work to do this show. <laughs> it uh, generally takes about half of our weekends um, just to shoot it. Just to like finalize all of the stories and to shoot it. Um, and uh, takes a lot of work during the week as well to find all the stories conglomerate them all together um, we have a whole newsroom that's just dedicated to that we're also using our, our uh, discord to find interesting stories as well um, but you, you know what keeps me going what i mean i love working with you uh-huh um, and i love doing the show but what really keeps me going i think the most is the feedback we get from our viewers because mm -hmm. i mean honestly if you guys weren't feeding back if you were if there was like crickets then you know I think we would have given up a long time ago, but every single week you guys reach out to us on Facebook and on discord and on email and all over the place. And you let us know that like we're doing a good job or there's something you'd like us to do a little better, but here's a helping hand or you give us an article to look at. Like, thank you for that because mm -hmm. that's how we, you know, so many of these stories on the show, we wouldn't have been able to find or easily find right. without you guys. Because they are local stories. Like some of them are very, I wouldn't want to say small stories, but they don't get picked up 
by other news organizations because yeah. they're just like, well, that's one of those hippy dippy eco stories. We're not yeah, going to pick mean, up on that. You know, you know, we reported in uh, Patreon bonus story a story that I got from a viewer out in San Francisco that you know I don't live in San Francisco, so I don't know what's going on there. But like being able to hear from them, like what's a big deal there, mm-hmm. is really important because. You know, we can't scour through every local newspaper. Right. And we know that we have viewers from all over the world. And you're probably watching from somewhere where I've never been, somewhere I've probably never even heard of. And yet there's stuff happening where you live. I know that you might be like, oh, nothing happens here. There are news stories happening there that relate to this show. And so, you know, if you're interested, send us them yes, on, we... on Facebook, send them us to them on uh you know, email. And you know what we love most of all, I think, is the video contributor stories. Um, Absolutely. You can shoot a two-minute story. Uh, don't include any music. Mm-hmm. Just have really good audio, so no wind blowing in your microphone when you're talking. Um, if you can, shoot some B-roll, which means some shots of interesting things that help support the story. Um, and if you have any, like, video editing skills at all, that helps a lot, like an iMovie or something like that. But even if you don't, um, we've shown you from some very simple stories. But it's great to hear first person from people around the world because... That is really unique. I mean, if you think about most news stories that you hear on like a major channel, you're hearing from a reporter who went there from Washington or from New York, doesn't know much about what's going on, on the ground, just interviewed someone and then leaves. Right. You live there. You know what's going on. So when you report to us, we really are like, oh my gosh, this person really knows what they're talking about. And I want to specifically talk to people who live on islands. I know that this sounds <laughs> ridiculous, but people who live on islands have the greatest threat of uh, climate change, of the climate crisis. Um, And they have the biggest benefit to going to a fully sustainable grid because the only way to get power to your island is either to generate it there, Mm -hmm. either you're pumping something out of the ground or you're using solar panels and wind or or geothermal or, or some kind of renewable energy, or you have to import oil, coal, something to your island, which means that your electricity rates are going to be higher. It means that electric cars are smarter because again, you'd have to import fuel from other places. So islands have, there's just a plethora of stories. And if you're like, oh, there's nothing happening here. Oh, there should be, do yeah. something. like um, And make it a story because we can get you some coverage and people might be like, oh my gosh, we wanna help you or something because islands are where this is going to take place all continents as i think eight-year-old me figured out are all just big big islands um so the problems that are happening to small islands now are going to be happening to continents in the future so everything that you do now is basically just testing test cases for what's going to happen in the future so please if you live on an island it's probably beautiful film it it's gorgeous. We should be saving this for future generations when those islands don't exist anymore. Um, and people care about beautiful places. So, islands, people who live, islanders, start filming your islands. Start talking about the things that are actually going to start happening on your islands. And if nothing is happening, make it happen. Good point. Talk to your local utilities and say, why are we paying X amount of dollars every year? Or, you know, whatever your local currency is to import oil or import coal when we could just be making all the power here and having an off-grid grid. I know. Look at Scotland. They're an island, and they're 88% uh, electricity from renewables. Right. Iceland. I mean, there's so many islands all over the place, yep. and they should all be off-grid because right. what, they're not connected to anything. That's the point of an island. No, and that's why they're the first ones to do it. Right. They get it more than we do on right. the mainland. It's so, true. Thank you so much for watching this show. Now, now you know. know.